This is exactly right. All right, Scotty, you ready? Oh, buddy, I'm so ready. <laughs> this one. Uh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy about this. I'm happy already. Robot spy gorilla uh-huh. records <laughs> wild gorillas singing and farting because nature is beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's my kind of bananas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bananas, your podcast for strange, fascinating, surreal news from around the world. Uh, I am your co-host, Kurt Brownoller. You're the main host. I'm the co-host. I'm Scotty Landis, and thank you for coming on to our podcast and listening. Uh, today, we have a very special guest who many of you probably already know. We have Karen Kilgariff with us. Oh, hello, everybody. Hi, Welcome Karen. to the show. I Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I, I would like to say... Uh, yeah, Kurt is the main host. Yeah. Scotty, you're the co-host. Mm-hmm. And then I'm the co-co-host. That's just fine. for now. Na- just awesome. for now. Co-co-host. Coco. Nice. Right? Um, Guys, I'm going to say that we're all three co-hosting this show. Because that's, that's great. I'm a socialist at this point. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> How can you not be at this point? Oh, boy. One minute in, we're getting political already. Let's get political bananas. The made me a socialist. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> How are you, Karen? I'm good. I'm, um, you know, for it being a quarantine, mm-hmm. for all of us being separate and not in the studio together recording this, um, yeah. you know, whatever, making the best of it. Lots of um, internal quiet time with my dogs, really thinking about philosophical stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, for slowly petting. Yeah. <laughs> Staring <laughs> deeply into their eyes where they're like, can we have some time to ourselves? <laughs> like everyone on the couch. <laughs> I mean, on, quarantine guys. is the best thing that can happen to a dog. This is absolutely yeah. dog paradise. They get full companionship, probably walked more than ever. Yeah. You don't have to kennel them. This is the greatest thing in history that's ever happened to dogs of, in North America. A lot of dogs are going to have a real freak out when everybody goes back to work. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, that, yeah. What the but fuck that, is happening? <laughs> the petting patch that their owners had worn down on their back, that'll grow back. So that'll be nice. I that'll think be there's nice for them. It's pluses and minuses. All across the board with this right, quarantine. You guys want to hear about this robot spy gorilla? Yeah, oh, please. Yeah, get oh. into it. This is, I mean, this is, okay, so I don't know if you guys know. I didn't know before reading this. This is, of course, from uh, Live Science. Uh, oh, yeah. This is by our friend Mindy Weisberger. Oh, the best. Uh-huh. Oh, one and, of the top at Live Science. <laughs> I mean, like, if you're talking live, live science reporters, Mindy is probably uh, top banana. She gets, so, <laughs> she gets in there. Banana of the week. <laughs> So this is for a documentary that you can actually watch on Nature, on PBS. It's called Nature, Spy in the Wild 2. I guess Mm. there's a Spy in the Wild (laughs) 1. Already I have questions. This is a uh, a robotic spy designed to look like a young gorilla. And they've known for a very long time that mountain gorillas sing while they eat. Um, me too. Yeah, never, me too. Of course, <laughs> I mean, everybody. Right? It's very. It's a very human attribute to sing while you eat. Just really get into your food. Oh yeah. 
So I'm going to play a clip for you guys. Um, what's it's amazing on multiple levels because what you have to understand we'll we'll try and post this clip on our instagram when this comes out because this robot monkey Mm -hmm. looks like do you guys remember um uh that uh that teenage witch show on nickelodeon yes sabrina sabrina the teenage witch where they had (laughs) like an animatronic robot cat that is horrifying and upsetting yeah. Imagine the monkey version of it, <laughs> but, but its eyeballs are cameras that you can see, like, focusing and moving. It's coming for all of us, by the way. Like, we can make fun of this now. They're testing it on monkeys. I mean, I've been on dates that felt like that sometimes. <laughs> you're like, and to yourself, I'm, you're like, she's kind of squeaky. I don't know. She's... <laughs> Wow, she's really watching me order right now. This is very strange. Are you zooming in on what I'm ordering? Yeah, it's just four orders of calamari. Get over it. It happens. Also, I like the idea that they're sending in a robot to this natural space and observing (laughs) through a horrible robot like what they do where it's like maybe the farting and singing is like what they do when they're panicking because there's like a machine that's come into their world i mean the fact that these gorillas are buying that this is another gorilla blows my mind like it may it makes me think gorillas are far dumber than i thought they were total saps Idiots but, like Coco. He like Coco knew sign language and everything. Yeah, I feel like if you put this animal, this robot in with Coco, Coco would be like, "This is bullshit." Get so the, I'm just gonna play. Get the fuck you. out of here. Signing. Get the fuck out of here first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you're gonna hear first is them just singing and eating, and then um, and then some more stuff's gonna happen. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. They not only sing for their supper, consuming 40 pounds a day is bound to have consequences. (laughs) (laughs) There he is. They live in a state. I thought that one was blind. Yes. (laughs) Okay. You guys see the, the robot? I want it. I want it. I want one. If you just had that thing waiting on your ottoman every morning when you came out to drink coffee, that'd be paradise. <laughs> scream. You scream in total sheer panic every morning. That The automatronic aspect of that baby gorilla made it look like it should be in the Hall of Presidents at Disneyland. Yes. yes. It was so kind of like looking at the scanning the entire audience of like, hello and welcome. <laughs> Gorillas. Please proceed eating and farting and singing. <laughs> Do your it thing. A, it's a real. It's a video that's got everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> animatronic President Monkey, <laughs> and I mean, it's. I guess that's my favorite story we've ever covered. I'm just going to say it right so now. So far, <laughs> yep. That's a pretty good one. You know, Karen and I um, went to a restaurant about six months ago where they sing to you while you eat, <laughs> no. and so I met. Um, our friend Allison and Karen and I were going to go out to uh, Michelli's, right? That's how you say it. Yeah. Michelli's. Mm-hmm. And there's two of them in Los Angeles. If you come and you're allowed to go to restaurants again, you got to go to Michelli's. Got so to. the whole thing. Kurt, have you been? No. Okay. <clears throat> it's uh, an experience unlike any other. So Allison <laughs> and I go, we order drinks, Karen shows up, and the hostess was so nice, clearly a murderino, because she gave us what I think she thought 
was a VIP table. Oh, you think that's what happened? A hundred percent. Oh. <clears throat> I think it was like, the, it's, first of all, it was early. It was like a 6 p.m. dinner, so it's us and all the gray hairs. <laughs> and we get seated directly next to the piano. And the idea of Michelli's is that there's every 45 minutes uh a server will just suddenly start singing and they sing like show tunes and Broadway songs and like st- old standards, but you don't really know it's coming. So you're just like <laughs> cutting into your chicken parm and then suddenly Jean Valjean's next to your table <laughs> bolting. Like, do you hear the people sing? And it's terrifying. But so when you're next to the piano, the piano player just starts going, you know, he's got the giant snifter for tips on his piano and every so Karen and Allison and I are talking, and then as soon as you're like in the middle of a conversation, it, they just start going. And it's somewhere over the rainbow. It's luck be a lady tonight. <laughs> so it extends your dinner by about 25 minutes, no matter what. But it's also that thing I think we've all experienced, maybe everybody in life has experienced, where something so earnest is happening that you become embarrassed and self conscious yes. and you freeze. And if you weren't there, you want to be there with people who look at it and are like, this is amazing. And if you're not, you tense up and you (laughs) stare at each other and try not to laugh because these are paid performers. And also your server who could go back in the kitchen, just sit on your salad if they wanted to. Yeah. But man, we we heard several that night, back to back to back, piano side. I didn't realize, too, like you're so right the the placement and the fact that this person is going to sing their heart out and then turn back around and be like I'll be right back with that ranch dressing like I had the fakest the look on my face I felt like the fakest person in the world because we would be like you know talking about stuff and catching up or trying to in in, in some way connect between the three of us yes. and then this person also all of a sudden I felt so responsible for how they felt yeah. about how talented they were because yes. they're also it's a waiter singing so clearly it's like this is a person whose dreams uh you know they're they're still working on it or they're massively talented but they're here in LA where everyone is massively talented yeah so then you have this kind of like I believe in you like the energy I began putting toward our server was so much more than normal and it was almost like you and Allison didn't matter anymore because it was like we got to get this guy through this shift (laughs) like we have to he needs to know he's as talented as as he is it it was too much pressure it 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 stressed me out so bad it does there's like that old school italian thing where there's like a straw wrapped bottle of chianti on the table and i've always Uh thought those were decorative and then our drinks were taking a while because our wonderful server was singing memories in the corner to a softball team (laughs) and i almost cracked it open and i don't even really drink wine but i was so close to being like this this is happening right now they come they come right to specifically to your table and sing at you yes and sometimes, so it's sometimes your guy. Like, yeah. you don't know if, are we on his team? Are we against yes. the other ones that are performing? <laughs> yes. Like, do we hate her because fuck her, our guy's better? Like, yes. there is so much tension and it is the switch on, <laughs> switch off of like the, you're right, the earnestness of yes. a person that's like coming up and be like, <laughs> so, it's like singing their heart out and you're trapped. So you have to love it and show you love it and like support it. It, it was 
It was, I was sweating the entire time. Like Just I was exhausted. exhausted. I was exhausted yeah. at the end of that dinner. Yeah. So it's we're so much more. Go. It's so much more than just having chats with someone you don't know. It's like just emoting love for a person you don't know when you have to do that. Yeah. But wait, here's my question. Did you guys know that this is the theme of this restaurant when you went? It's absolutely the reason we went. I think (laughs) it might have been before. I know you. I think you, Bridger, and I went once before, but... Uh, I don't think we'd ever been that close. I don't think I'd ever been that close to the action. So sometimes you can have a table where if you're on the back, like outer ring, you can just observe it and Uh, say whatever you want. And you don't have to like, you don't have to support them with your face, which is what I ended up doing. Or it's like, I believe in you. (laughs) There was no, couldn't be cynical. No, that small town didn't deserve you. (laughs) (laughs) You were right to move here. You belong here. And we're sort of making fun of it, but also every person there that I've ever seen can sing so well. Like so I well. give it up for them completely, and it is like moving in this way, and it seems like the most parent-friendly place if you were ever oh, in I LA. Bring, I want to bring Olive. Oh, she would you, love it. Kids, she'd love it. My God. But then, but then if you are a person that kind of works in show business or also is trying to be in show business, there is that darker element to yes, it where yes. it, there is a kind of oh, yeah. a melancholy to it. <laughs> so that then, you know, in my weird codependent way where I'm like, I got to make this the night, you know what I mean? Like you have to somehow do your job as a patron. It, you know, it's just so hard to eat that iceberg lettuce salad and yes. <laughs> help this person through their dreams. Yes. It was too much. You're listening, I, you're listening for your supper. Really. Yeah. You should have there. That's the place where there should be animatronic um, patrons so oh. that all those people can do all that. And Bring the, the job is off of yes. <laughs> nodding. Yes. Eating. Just nodding and shoving food, <laughs> spoonfuls of pasta in your mouth. Yes. Oh, man. We got to go as soon as they as soon as we can. We got to go, Kurt. You have to go to this place. Anything theme, I'm in. Anything theme-based anywhere, it just makes it more fun, except this just happens to make you freeze up anxiously every year. You you know what? We should do that next time. Like When when this whole thing is over, that should be the first meal that we go out and have together. You know, exactly right meal. You know what we should do is <clears throat> it should be an exactly right meal and we like reserve the restaurant for the night. Yes. So then we can sit wherever we want and people who are super into it can go way in the front and yes. there's no pressure and it's the show of the show, but then you don't have to like yes. hold anyone's hand emotionally. I love like it. That. Let's go on Super Bowl Sunday. Let's just do it for <laughs> Super Bowl. I would re- let's just do it. I bet it's probably empty. Uh, yeah. It's- gonna be easy to get a table for six or more and yeah let's go to michelle's on super bowl sunday (laughs) this is the plan i'm writing it down all right give me a story scotty i got one and this is going to be a a naturally good segue Mm -hmm. here we go here's the headline after four-year search restaurant owner reunited with giant tomato quote loved by many (laughs) (laughs) so this this comes from cbc.ca which is canada one of one of the best uh, the world next door written by our our friends teo barrow and john mcgill god how many great stories have they brought us so far thousands just this one so um <laughs> there are a lot of people rejoicing says ontario restaurant owner matt Kraft. it took four years but the search for a giant tomato is finally over so <laughs> it's amazing 
In 2016, someone stole an oversized decorative tomato from Eastside Mario's Restaurant in Petersboro, Ontario. I mean, I would have done this in high school 100% likelihood. Required. Oh, oh, there's sizing coming up because there there was more than one, Kurt. Don't worry. Oh. So our guy... Uh, the owner of the restaurant, Matt, Matt Kraft. Matt goes on and uh, he says to the reporter, uh, I know my tomato, Carol. It was my tomato. Um, <laughs> it was pampered. It was loved by many. And there are a lot of people who are rejoicing it came back this week. So in they, I guess this restaurant's really well known in this town. And there's one big tomato and then there's one slightly smaller tomato that the thieves left behind. But both are extremely heavy and awkward to carry alone. Very good to know. <laughs> Um, the so these are one, not real real tomatoes. These are giant no. decorative tomatoes. <laughs> decorative, okay. And I mean, like, so far we know it's a decorative tomato. It doesn't mean it's not real. As far in my book, until <laughs> yes. I know what it's made out of, That's it true. could be real. You know, it they could be don't... filled with thousands of cherry tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, the one that was stolen a little. Sm- oh, sorry, they stole the smaller one, but it's still heavy. Um, it's called the little brother, and it's five feet in diameter. Oh. So, That's, oh wow! That's the little one than, is five feet. The, yeah, the one they stole is <laughs> five feet in diameter, and he thinks the fruit bandits must have had a vehicle to get away. But his theories, <laughs> Matt's theories, don't end there, guys. He quote <laughs> says, he says, and I quote: uh, "I picture it in someone's garage, sitting in the corner. It was a great night. They got this tomato, but then they think." Now, what do we do with it? I mean, yes, he's right about this. Yes. And then he says, I can only imagine that when they saw it on TV and radio and stuff, that they were like, oh, no, we've got this hot tomato. What are we going to do with it? So over the years, Matt, Matt is a true, he should be a private eye because he says over the years, he thinks the guilt must have finally pushed the thieves into making a drastic move. He's more Quote, like a detective novelist. He's really like given a lot of ideas into these uh, mm-hmm. would-be thieves. And there's something beautiful about him not just getting another tomato. Like there's almost yeah. something where he was, way, destiny was going to bring this giant uh, five foot in diameter <laughs> tomato back and he was right so was it four, was it four years four years 2016 want, this was all i want to say guys is mm. freshman year sophomore year junior year senior year going to college <laughs> stole it freshman year <laughs> going to college returned it oh. became a legend freshman year mm. lived the dream till senior year and then grew up and said hey this wasn't cool <laughs> yeah you might have um Again, Matt speculates, quote, they were thinking, I got to do something with that tomato. Someone is going to see it and turn me in. I'm thinking in the dark of the night, they snuck it out of their garage into a vehicle and drove it to the park. So it was discovered in a park. It was abandoned. It wasn't returned to the restaurant, which is fantastic also. (laughs) Kraft knows the jogger who finally spotted the tomato in the park and he's offered her a reward. Uh, we offered her a dinner for four with all the fixings. I would have included some <laughs> wine, but of course, now we're only open for takeout and delivery. This is a recent story, guys. Mm. Um, so with the tomato back in front of the restaurant with its big brother, and Kraft says he's not worried about anybody trying to prank him again because, quote, I don't think anybody's going to steal it. I think that criminals across the land have learned that, you know what? You don't mess with that tomato, end quote. 
<laughs> Pretty amazing. I mean, um, it's, I think if there's anything we learned, you can totally mess with that tomato with no repercussions for, whatsoever. For years. Oh, yeah. You for can years. do whatever you want to that tomato endlessly. <laughs> no one will come and find it. No one will look. It's Charges will not be brought. <laughs> no, there's not even an investigation. <laughs> You can do anything you want, and he's not going to chain it up. I want to steal it. I want to steal it just to, just to, just to spite him. Did you ever go through a, a kleptomania phase in high school? I knew a lot of people that stole stuff in middle school and high school who are now, you know, parents and upstanding <laughs> citizens. I personally never did because I stole something when I was like five because we, I went to the store with my friends and no one had, we were just running an errand for the mom and no one had money for candy. And it was the, our corner store where we went for candy every day. And I was like, how are we here and not getting candy? And so I just took a Jolly Rancher and one Jolly Rancher, five cents. Yep. I did, but I didn't have it. And, and, and then my friend was like, what is, what's in your mouth? And then I was like, nothing and completely got caught and then felt so terrible that 10 commandments were brought in it was a whole thing of you have sinned type of deal Uh i finally confessed to my mother who tried not to laugh i like later in (laughs) retrospect i was like oh she was biting her lip trying not to laugh where i was like i committed a sin and then she made me go back and give them tell them what I did and give them the money. And I went into the store and stood there oh, and then oh. walked back out of the store. And it was just like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, oh, I can't. Panic. And they all knew, they all knew everything that I'd had. He saw me steal it. I'm sure. Like yeah. there, it's a group of kids in the store. I'm sure he saw the whole thing. The Aegis family who were the best people. And we went, they knew us. Like it was, so that whole thing, it was such a, like terrible it was such a dark two days mm-hmm. that i after that i was like i can't handle it yeah. like i'll i'll snap if i did you say you were five when all yeah. this happened yeah oh my god that's so it's so incredibly young to like yes. even have like full concept of like ten commandments and sin oh, and all yeah, that sort of stuff there. they really oh, do I, oh i know they do oh we might <laughs> I have was been raised, raised catholic. catholic oh yeah yep. okay there it is <laughs> it starts early uh, yeah, i was an altar boy until i was 18 Oh, I was going to be a priest. You were an that altar man. That was my man. whole plan. Uh, I was an altar man. Yeah. <laughs> you had hit puberty. You were an altar man. Yeah, I was going to be a priest. And until I realized what I actually like about like the idea of saying mass was that there was a bunch of people who were quiet while I got to talk. Yes. <laughs> and outfits. And outfits. And you know, outfits. And found stand-up. Thank God. Oh, I would have been so a much horrible better. priest. Oh, you would have been the funniest priest of all time. <laughs> yes. You would help uh, some people. Such a deep thinker. Like, I would kill to hear you give a sermon, like a homily. I would Ugh. die to hear what a Kurt it, homily 10 years would. Oh, my God. It would get real weird. It real would get so weird. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, first of all, everybody, has everyone seen a racer head? Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, oh, the other boy. day I was watching a video of a robot monkey watching <laughs> the monkeys sing in the forest. <laughs> so much like the Lord watching us robotically as we fart and sing. That's and so it is funny. beautiful to him. Uh, we're going to take a quick break right now, and we will be right back with more bananas. 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 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, we are back. And before we get back into more stories, mm-hmm. uh, I just wanted to send a thank you and a shout out uh, to someone who left a review on the Bananas uh, Apple Podcast page. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, and if guys, if you if you if you can write us a review and review us, it it really does matter. But this one struck me, and I wanted to read it to you guys. This is from. Um, I guess the name is Lime Mary, L-Y-E-M Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, as someone working on the front lines of a global pandemic, him hitting my area very hard, I am loving every second of this podcast. It is a genuinely nice break from everything else in the world. These two and their guests make me actually laugh out loud like a lunatic sitting in my car on my lunch break. I highly recommend this podcast to anyone who needs a laugh. And the... And the title is Loving This Weird Show. And I just want to say thank you, Lion Mary, for all of the work that you're doing. That is um, a huge compliment that we can give you a laugh while you're doing stuff that, uh, you know, that we what we are all sitting on our hands, unable to do anything. And what you're doing is saving the world. So thank yeah. you so much. Banana guys- of the week, I say. Banana of the week. Banana of the week. <laughs> let's just let's just keep this farce. It's the banana of the week. Sincerely, thank you. Lime yeah. Mary could, gets the award. Yeah. Ship that award out. Yep. Oh, All that's right. good. Who's up? Kurt, you're up? Yeah, you got Karen, one for us? Karen, you ready for one? I think so. All righty. So this I'm very excited about. Um, we have been getting a lot of messages from people on uh, our Instagram, and I just want to say that uh, keep, keep them coming, guys, because all the stories you're sending us are excellent. This is an actual personal story, so we don't have any uh, crediting. Uh, we can't verify that it's real, but I don't really care. Who this cares? Is, Who cares? Cared. Story's this is a story. An Instagram user, Panty Pudding, and Panty Pudding writes, <laughs> oh, no. just oh, listen to I your first... I can verify this. <laughs> that <Yeah>. was me. <laughs> <laughs> just listen to your first episode, and it was great. I figured I'd tell you about my banana story that happened last year. I live in Aurora, Colorado, where I take the bus to work. One day, I was sitting on the bus about three stops away from my house. The stop was next to a trail and a park with a small pond nearby. While the bus is stopped, I'm looking out the window, people watching, mm. and I see this homeless man shaking a small, wet dog on the bank of the pond. Of course. I immediately feel sad, thinking the dog must have drowned. But after watching for a few more seconds, I realize this man is hacking the tail off a dead raccoon. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> just, <What>? as, just, <laughs> as, just as the bus starts to pull away, he stands up with the tail in one hand and a steak knife in the other, then kicks the raccoon into the pond. I gasped so loud that everyone on the bus turned around, and one person asked if I was okay. I sat there speechless with my jaw on the floor, wondering if I should call the cops. There had been an assault on my eyes. Oh, oh my gosh. 
What I think, what I love about this story is that it takes a real turn, real fast. I mean, yes. that is not where I thought it was going at all. <laughs> no. At all. But I Just love the that. triumphant, like, I did it, and then kick the <laughs> raccoon into the pond. Oh, boy. You know, oh. that that actually happened to me in high school. What? We were um, driving home. It was similar where we were, but I was in, um, it was like a parent's car, and there was like eight of us. We had been at a speech meet, and we were driving home. And so we were taking like surface streets to the freeway to get home, and we were driving through kind of a bad part of town. And I saw a... Uh, up ahead on the sidewalk, I saw a very large woman in like a house dress that was kind of blowing around. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, it looks like she's in her pajamas on the street. What's going on here? Mm -hmm. So I would say a hundred feet away, I just clocked this woman and then watched as she, as the car passed at 30 miles an hour, she turned to toward the street, pulled up her house dress, no underwear on, squatted down and began to shit on the sidewalk. Oh, and wow. all I could do as this was happening was go, oh, my no, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, and just started screaming. And everyone in the car's like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong? And I couldn't. I was just going like I was pointing toward the window, but no one was. Everyone's looking at me and not outside where I was like, they, look. Look, it's happening. But it was like as we went by. So it was, it was, I witnessed it alone oh, with boy. surrounded by people. The mom got mad at me for yelling. And I was, and no one, no one saw what I saw. I feel like I totally relate to the person on the bus because it's like when you witness something that bad and you're in public, but yes. no, you, there's no one to turn to and go, holy shit, did you see that? Like, there's yeah. no one. It's and you like, also, you start to doubt your own eyes in exactly. that case, you know, where you're like, yes. did, did anybody just see that? Yes. What a specific type of crazy that would be, too, just to be like, I see visions. And it's like, oh, really? Like angels? You're like, well, <laughs> in a way. It's a little more holy. A little more robotic gorilla visions where uh, I'm, I'm really witnessing people. We are here for you guys. If you have a, another story in which you feel like no one else saw it, but we can verify. Yeah. We can at least, we can at least read it here and then it feels like more people know about it. Yeah. And those we kind believe of stories you. become real. Like you tell a story like that for 10 years, other people yeah. start telling your story along the way. And then eventually one day somebody tells you your own story back to you. <laughs> I love it. Whenever that happens, it's the strangest thing. It's happened to me a couple of times. And I'm always like, I'm just going to let this person tell me my story. And I just sit there and hear it back to me. And it's like <laughs> telephone. It's great. It's like a telephone game. And you're like, oh, that's that did happen but <laughs> did that you, wasn't did you, that man's name did you <laughs> it was a different the details are slightly different because of telephone yes. dolly parton was not in the original version <laughs> no uh, when i was no. growing up dolly parton always got folded into any telephone game for some reason that was <laughs> really? yes she's big she was big back then and it was like grammar school kids way of talking about boobs without talking about it directly right right, so right suddenly right. you're just talking about dolly parton um but I used to do that. Did you ever see the big book of urban? There was like that big book um, uh, graphic novel series. And they did the big book of crime, the big book of sex, the big book of um, whatever. And no. one of them was the big book of urban legends. And Ooh. they basically got a bunch of really amazing illustrators and comic book artists to put. And they collected all of the most popular urban legends. And wow. I read this book and they were all stories where I, I was like, my aunt told me that that happened happened to her neighbor like every single one i was like i knew the person who told me the story yeah. and they were yeah, all I, personal stories 
I love that, and I wow. wonder if they those have disappeared because of the internet. You know, yeah. right? They they were like original memes. They were just like earworms of an mm-hmm. idea that like got stuck in the collective unconscious. That I love them so much, and I, I wonder know. if they still exist anymore. I, I want to look up that that um, that graphic novel. Yeah, it's re- it's really good, and I think you're right. Back in the day, it was like the thing of believing a story and adding to it and kind of telling. Yes. These days, because the internet, the whole thing is exposing that it's not true, exposing mm. that right. th- w- w- where something is actually from based on what you think it. Is. Everything's about verification. Yeah, whereas it's about I think busting it. Yeah, as opposed to like spinning a yarn for people's yeah. entertainment. I mean, it's better. It's better it's to better. imagine it's happening five towns over. It's so much more exciting. Like I, I was and told when personal, Back yeah. to the Future Two came out that in California they had hoverboards. Like people are like they exist. They're in California, and I for probably five years until the internet. I probably was like, yeah, man, I got to get to California. I believe in hoverboards. Now we have the dumb ones with the little wheels that people always break their collarbones on. But I believe that you could get on a floating skateboard. Yeah, I was twenty-one years old. I have that with like uh, certain certain stories that I tell in stand up where like maybe like some detail of the ending is changed just to make it like a better ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I start because I've told it that way so many right. times, I forget that the real ending was like slightly less interesting and slightly <laughs> less funny. <laughs> Um, yeah. And that is the weirdest part where I start believing my own stand up part. <laughs> well, there's well, nothing you're, better. You're your Sorry, number Karen. one fan. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you I remember my friend Dave once. My, fr- my friend Dave, I went to college with. He was, uh, someone was, someone was talking and they were explaining, I think. I don't know what they're explaining, but uh, they were talking about something, and he went, oh, you know what? My, uh, my principal actually did the exact same thing, uh, Mr. Belding, and then realized <laughs> that he had thought oh, that boy. an episode of Saved by the Bell was his actual life. There it is. And that, that, that his principal, <laughs> Mr. Belding, had done that thing oh. in high school, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. He's got to give me a story. <laughs> when really that guy was just singing karaoke at Dimples and Burbank till they knocked it down. <laughs> uh, rest in peace, Dimples. That is a true story, but I'll move on. Um, uh, I was speaking. never more heartbroken. Sorry, I was never more heartbroken when, than when like Google was invented. And I realized yeah. that I'm kind of a compulsive liar. Because yeah. it's like that flourishing of story mm-hmm. was like how I kind of like, oh, that's my storytelling. And I'm, you know, this is like my quote-unquote personality and like the first time someone's like that's not true look it up or whatever and then i was like oh shoot i have to stop i have to stop just adding flourishes where i feel like it still sometimes the flourish becomes the story yeah exactly and then your whole personality into it yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, I know. Sometimes when I see people acting on stage or in movies and they're pretending to be drunk and you know they clearly have never actually been drunk in their life, it's always so... It's like you just watch it and it's always like their body's moving in this way and they slam down the drink and and I'm like, oh, you've never actually done this, but you're pretending so hard that you've been blackout drunk. And it's always jarring. I always feel like, oh, this poor... They need to live a little bit more, a little more method in their drinking. I think. Yeah, why don't why don't they let them get drunk on the set? That's the yeah, best way to do it. Just absolutely. let people be drunk and film it. Here's sure. my question. I think I've, I know I've asked you this, Karen, in the past. But speaking of acting drunk, um, 
you know, of course, now the murderina, you're, you know, my favorite murder is so huge, and I'm sure you get recognized by that all the time. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I wonder how often people bring up that one scene in an early Mr. Show <laughs> episode where it's just like you were just playing, you're drunk oh, yeah. and just doing the line, um, oh, you men. <laughs> Which uh, is one of my favorite sketches of all time. Mm-hmm. Do, do, does anyone ever reference it still today is my question. They do. Okay. Yeah, yes, that's amazing. For, sh- for sure. Yeah. That's amazing. It's like a, a, a one, one and a half second long clip. And it's like it burned into people's memories. It's cr- it is cr- it's crazy how when that show got made, uh, just to, to sidebar it for a second. But when they made that show, there was like people in Los Angeles who were like comedy fans that came to the tapings and stuff like that. And mm. there was like a small group of people um, that liked it and knew about it pre-internet. And mm-hmm. then I kind of left the comedy scene and went and worked in television for five years. And when I came out, they had re-released it on DVD and the internet had begun uh, mm-hmm. in earnest. And all of a sudden, whereas it had never, ever happened before, there would be people and it would be it would usually be like college age guys. Yeah, who, if I was walking down the street, they'd be like. Oh, hold on. Uh, are you? And I would be like, oh. uh, yeah, it was so odd and unexpected. Now it's, you know, like it makes perfect sense. But at the very beginning, it was so shocking to me because it would yeah. be like, oh, yeah, you mean me, the person who played the nurse for two seconds? But it, people when they because they love that show yes. so much. Yeah. And it means so much to them that it's like oh, you're from that one scene. You know, it's yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um. Scotty, give me another one. I got one. This one's fan submitted from John Christensen. Thank you, John. Also, I think it's one that you and I may have found because it's from the LA Times. Richard Winton, our boy Richie Winton, wrote this. Headline, Judo Club puts hold on alleged carjacker. (laughs) These are my favorite kind of stories. So a 20-year-old Los Angeles man was arrested on Sunday, last Sunday. On suspicion of carjacking and kidnapping after a series of alleged crimes that ended when he tried to take a minivan of a university judo club and was forced into submission. I mean, so this guy tried to rob a minivan and it was full of a college (laughs) judo team. (laughs) And they, I looked this article up on several things, but LA Times is the main story here. But like, oh. God, I love vigilance. I like if you have the skills, use them. <clears throat> so he was treated for minor injuries. I won't name this guy because I guess it's alleged. Um, but it, it, it started as carjacking, mugging, and kidnapping, and it concluded at a gas station on Santa Monica Bo- uh, Boulevard and Highland Avenue. Uh, when this gentleman tried to carjack a vehicle that carried a judo club from Florida International University. He was detained, to say the least, <laughs> the police officer said. And a bloodied, this gentleman, was treated at the scene and taken to police headquarters downtown. This happened during the day. This happened at 1.30 p.m. Um, and he just he decided ca- to, here's my question, though. He decided to steal a van without kind of checking in the back to see if there happened to be a judo team in the if back. If a bunch of black belts might be just sitting in there, <laughs> overtly being... Unassailable. It's so cool. So it it was actually like a, it feels like a a movie sequence because it was a sequence of events. The first thing this guy does is he carjacks uh, a husband and wife, or a man and a woman outside of their home. And then he, 
they get the guy out and then he and the woman take off and he tries to rob her with the woman stays in the car he unsuccessfully grabs her purse and takes off running uh while and he jumps out while the vehicle's still moving um then so the police get a call for that and then they say we see this guy is at a gas station and he tried to take over another car oh yeah that was the kidnapping by the way because that woman that victim also stayed in the car it wasn't like a, a child napping um so then this gentleman tries to take over a beige minivan that contained the judo club, which was in town to teach in Long Beach. The club had just oh, completed. they're all teachers, too. Yes. Oh, yes. It's not just a club. They're all there to teach other ju- ju- judo people. Judo, I yeah. Ju- Judo's they're- using other people's attacks against them. So if you throw a punch, you pull them towards you and throw them. Yeah. So, yeah. This probably went so sideways for this guy. <laughs> it's literally a scene from like a, a Naked Gun movie. Yes. It's like this judo team was in town to film Naked Gun 7. That's because right. it, when, what? Like impossible. I know. It's so good. So it's the so cl- good. <laughs> Uh, the judo club had just completed a tour of Hollywood. I mean, also, sorry guys, you don't ever <laughs> don't for ever, anybody don't listening need a tour of Hollywood. Yeah, so don't, sad. Don't do it. Just stay Mm-mm. away. Mm-mm. Um, and they were heading to LAX. So this. Oh, and it's also uh, a co-ed judo team, which makes me. I just hope <laughs> the women beat the living hell out of this guy. Um, and, so this is a very similar to a story. That that has been told on the podcast before, correct? Wasn't there a wrestling? Yeah, a one? couple of weeks ago, it was a, a high school heavyweight wrestler, a two hundred and eighty <laughs> pound wrestler, body slammed a guy who tried to steal kids. Um, oh right! So That's this right. is a and big sweet is- spot for me. I like skilled vigilantism. Yes. Um, that they're not going out to find it. It's coming to them, and they're like, you've given me no choice. That's I have to beat right. the shit out of you. This yes. is so. the purpose of my martial art, is <laughs> yes. to defend. It's, it's, yes. it's the goal. Besides fitness, this is the only useful thing in the history of martial arts. <laughs> is I'm all well within my rights to hurt you. <laughs> Someone might as well run up with a stack of boards for them to slam their hand onto. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just a trench coat of different colored belts, and be like, take it, baby. You're a brown belt now. Yeah, but um, oh man, I love these kind of stories. And then I'll just end on this quote: um, Several of the members of the judo club use their skills to restrain this gentleman. Um, quote: We had this guy like a pretzel on the ground. Says <laughs> Nestor Bustillo, uh, the club's judo instructor. Team members uh, place this gentleman in what is called a body hold. Quote: Judo team one carjacker zero and so they whooped his ass and got him arrested i just imagine like three guys with their legs wrapped around him in different places like locking him in place do you know what i mean yes isn't judo like a lot of like leg locks and stuff like that they had him in a pretzel they said and i can only imagine (laughs) if you're in a gas station on the ground in a pretzel uh Uh, uh, yeah, you want to open that and see a bunch of nuns you know you want to (laughs) see yeah a bunch of people that are allergic to sunlight. You just want or you, something. Or really, what you want to do is say, get out of the car, everybody. I'm going to steal this car because you don't want to kidnap people anymore. Yeah. You yeah. want to just steal a car. Rough you learned from your car. last crime that you just committed four <laughs> minutes before. The darker version of this story is, you know, the um, there's that bar on Sunset um, that used to be the hangout for LAPD Rampart Division. Mm-hmm. Was it, Is it the um, shortstop? Shortstop. Yeah, it's in Echo Park. And a guy 
this is terrible, but also it's just like, so, um, such a wrong decision. Yes. A guy walked in and pulled a gun on the bartender Oh, and was like, give me all your cash. And then everyone at the bar pulled their gun and shot this guy. <laughs> it yep. was a literally a bar full of cops, off duty cops. And oh. th- this guy walked in and tried to rob the bar and there's still great. bullet holes in the wall. That is that is from a cheesy comedy. That's from yeah. a cheesy eighties comedy. Yes. Of everyone else pulling out their gun. We've seen that scene <laughs> We've seen before. It. It's been it's done. So cool. That bar is so the famous by the way. What what is the rampart division? Oh, that's just the neighborhood. It's oh, Echo, oh, oh, Echo oh. Park, basically. <laughs> it's an Echo Park. It's a very famous I would say it's an infamous bar. It's where uh uh, Mark Furman from the O.J. Simpson trial, there was a ch- chair or a stool at the end of the bar that was called like the captain's chair or the captain's because they sat there so much. And a lot of people think that like a crooked cop allegedly that shot Biggie Smalls was also a cop that used to hang on that Echo Park bar all the time. There's actually a cool little like Vimeo documentary on the shortstop. And now it's literally a Dodgers bar where people just get drunk and go to Dodgers games. Yeah. I'm into it. Curdy B, you got another wacky story from the world? I sure do. And I'm trying to decide between my three. And, oh, God, it's a real tough decision. (laughs) Do you Um, have a little quickie? We can backfire a couple little quickies. Yeah, I'll do a real quickie right now. This is um, (laughs) This is is a a journalist, Mm. uh, Spanish journalist, Alfonso Merlos. uh, Mm -hmm. was on a video call. And this is uh, from Marca. Uh, the the newspaper Love and it, it was written by. I read it, it does every day. not say who it was written by. So maybe in Spain they don't do bylines. I don't know. They're uh, not so ego based. Those writers. No, <laughs> it's for the people. Yeah. So this Spanish <laughs> journalist, who's you know obviously he's a journalist. He's famous. He's on TV. Alfonso Merlos. Uh, he is. Uh, he's dating. This woman, Marta Lopez, who everybody knows, they've been dating since the end of last year. He's doing his uh, st- you know, stand-up piece, uh, talking about whatever he's talking about. And then in the background, a woman with just a bra and no pants on just walks by in the background. <laughs> and that woman is not Marta Lopez. Oh, it was another boy. woman. Alexia Rivas. Oh, uh, boy. So that is the craziest way to be caught having an affair on national television with, like, incontrovertible proof. Like and, that, and also, it's during a quarantine. Like, he went to his mistress's home or had a mistress over, like, during a quarantine. That's yeah. also a crazy thing, too. And she knew. There's no way. He's talking. He's setting up. That's... She was spiking she is the football. Pretty, she's far in oh. the background, okay. but also maybe it was. I don't know. It's 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 fascinating. She does. She looks like she's not even aware. She might have had headphones on even. I don't or know. she funny, maybe boozed up a little because the idea of having a bra with no underwear is <laughs> is is emergency situation to me. Where it's like, was there a fire in the room you were in before? Why would you don't? I, I don't. I've never done bra first then underwear. You cover. <laughs> bottom it, wh- yeah. who are you porky pig what the fuck like you get the bottoms covered you don't, what are you it doing happens. that happens oddly at the gym so much and any really? guys Shirt, here if no you pants? go to a city gym if you go to like, in new york city i used to see it all the time it's generational but it's like men over 60 take a shower they go in the sauna 
Then they take a shower. And then when they get changed in the men's locker room, they put on their T-shirt first. Mm-mm. I don't understand it. I'm never... The- Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it over a, a balloonist dozen times. I've seen it so many times. It's like, and you, and then they'll talk to you, and you're like, no, 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 flip this over. Uh, get started with your briefs that you bought in 1983, and then pull. A, it's crazy how often this happens, and I'm sure there are guys, you know, in their quar right now, just going like, yes, it, it's so common, and I don't it's- understand it. And also with male nudity that way, I mean, we even talked about it in our trailer for this show, but it is the most upsetting version just because it's just like there's just a little uh, turtle peeking out. Like he's just, <laughs> he's just saying hello. Yep. Uh, and it's even more upsetting, I would and say. And it's, it's almost its own living reveal. Like, because oh, you yeah. don't immediately, yes. it's like face first, then you're like, oh, he's wearing a gray shirt. What the living? Like it, <laughs> yeah. it comes down to it like that. It rem- it's kind of like, you know, Julianne Moore. <laughs> Julianne Moore in uh, Boogie Nights oh, and yeah. that monologue <laughs> she gives and she just doesn't have pants on. Or you're just like, how did you do this? Oh, How did you do it? The best. Uh, well, and so, also sorry. over sixty, it's not the turtle hanging out. It's uh, you know, it's everything else. And you just go, "Come on, bud! Like, if, <laughs> uh, what uh, are we even doing here?" <laughs> you know. And they smell right, like aftershave, we- which is kind of stunning. That's always sort of you don't really <laughs> smell that anymore. But all of us can aftershave. imagine what our grandfathers smelled like. You're like, "Is yeah. my Uber here? What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, great! I guess somebody's eating black licorice. Um, <laughs> I got a quickie. Uh, yep. Organ Man drives to 11 different Wendy's restaurants twice in one day to stock up on free nuggets. Um, so <laughs> Wendy's was doing this thing. Oh, this is from Michael Holland from Fox News. Weirdly a great place to get Weirdly odd news. Weirdly a great, Weirdly we a had, great place to get odd yeah. news. So yep. much our good weird news there. So the good people at Wendy's Fast Food, uh, they announced that they were going to give away some free chicken nuggets on a certain date to help out communities during the coronavirus pandemic. One Oregon man heard about it and decided to make the most of it. Um, so basically, last Friday, two Fridays ago, they were giving away four-piece nuggets to anyone visiting the drive-thru. I think that's actually very nice. It is. So Wendy's nuggets are pretty damn good. Um, I don't think I've ever had, and I love a Wendy's, I but love I don't think Wendy's. I've ever had their nuggets. They're a little no. breadier than uh, McDonald's, I would say. They're, but they're not quite as soft as a Chick Fil A. So, <laughs> if you Something can to imagine look into. those two in your mind, that's Wendy's nugget. Um, so he goes through. Um, and he goes, yeah, he goes to 11 different ones. Uh, there was a limit one pack of nuggets per customer. But that wasn't going to stop Twitter user going by the name of, quote, Squeezy Jibs. <laughs> <laughs> it was all worth it. It was all worth it for that name. Squeezy Jibs? Squeezy Jibs with two Bs, baby. Two E's, two Bs. That's Squeezy Jibs. I love jibs. that person. <laughs> Squeezy Jibs. Squeezy Jibs. This I will wait to post the photo because this guy's got a riffraff vibe to him, and uh, I'm putting it up on our Instagram after this episode airs. So Squeezy Jibs, in order to get past the nugget limit, drove to these 11 Wendy's in Greater Portland, Vancouver. I guess no, that's probably Vancouver, Washington. I can't imagine yeah, yeah, you yeah, went Vancouver, to. There's Washington. a there's a Vancouver right over the uh, Oregon border line. Okay, good. Yeah. So it's right over a bridge. Yeah. Because if this guy's crossing, oh man, that would have been no. even better. <laughs> Full states driving oh. up and down. 
He's going to he's going to full states. He's crossing <laughs> countries barriers. He had the tomato. He probably had the giant tomato. Um, so he goes and then he does every single one in that area and then reportedly hit the route twice, doubling his score. And on Twitter, he shares this picture of him with his nuggets. I'm saying. This front seat is so full of nuggets. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and only four at a time. And he went by himself, which is, you know, it took him five hours. Uh, and here's his tweet. <clears throat> Times is tough. So when I heard Wendy's was giving out free four-piece nugs, two Gs, squeezy <laughs> jibs, two E's, Sque- two Gs, Squeezy two nugs. Squeezy Sque- nugs. <laughs> <laughs> Three, four-piece nugs today. I knew I had to hustle. I hit every damn Wendy's twice within 17 miles across two states. Oh, he did go across two states. It took five hours, but now we eaten free for a week. End quote. I salute you, Squeezy Jibs. The, the Bananas family salute you. I mean, oh. Passion. It's passion. so many. So that's 22. A passion for nugs. 44. <laughs> so he, got he got 88 nuggets. He got 88, 88 nuggets in five hours. <sighs> and Probably the best part about it is that those nuggets are not going to be good in a day and a half. <laughs> no. I hope You're the whole Jibs family. Week. <laughs> you're eating for a week, but on day six, you are crying as you eat them. You are so bummed out. Or you're eating for a week on one day and then just got to try to hold out. Like a snake. Oh, damn, you have to so eat them all at once and have it last week. That's up to your body. Squeezy <laughs> Jibs. Oh Man, that's who took that name. Oh. Uh, I think that's a natural ending point, I feel like. Do we want to end on Squeezy Jibs, guys? I feel like Squeezy Jibs is pretty great. I mean, it feels complete. It does feel complete. It's it's an amazing story. (laughs) Karen, thank you for being on the show. You guys, thank you so much. It was fun to see you and hang out with you. Yeah. Isn't it a nice way? It's like I'm so excited that I have that I get to work with Scotty on something because then we get to see each other every week. It's really nice. Me I think too. It's wonderful. I love it. And I love that, you know, we, when we first talked about this so long ago, yes. it was like, yeah, let's do it. And it's finally happening. Like it, the, when I was just listening to the Christian show, the first episode with Christian Child, and it just was so heartwarming. I was like, it's finally happening. And it like, and we were all right. Like this show makes so much sense to me. It's so enjoyable. It's so fun. But also I do. These are the stories I miss because our news cycle is just total death and destruction all the time. And these used to be the stories that would pop up and you'd be like, what's this crazy thing? And you don't (laughs) get it anymore. So it's I'm so glad you guys are doing it. It makes me so happy. Thank you. I do feel like news outlets are like, well, we can't put the the dog eating a pie story on the pit, you know, because yeah. like we got we have got a lot more important stuff to deal with, and we're just like, that's all we want. <laughs> Send it over here. <laughs> and uh, just one quick shout out before we wrap her up tight. But tomorrow is the birthday of Kahan Amadi, who wrote our fe- our bananas theme song. Our so good, great theme song. So happy birthday, Kahan. We salute you. Yeah. Happy birthday. Everybody's been loving the theme song, and I appreciate that that you, you guys are letting us know. And please go rate and review the show. It really does matter. And send us your weird uh, news stories. DM us uh, to our Instagram page, The Bananas Podcast, uh, or you can email us at... 
What is the it? The Bananas Podcast at gmail.com. That's the <laughs> Bananas Podcast at gmail.com. Should have been able to figure that one out. Thank you so much, Karen. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks to you guys. Congratulations. Bananas. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme song by Kehan Amadi. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. So please follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post so many more stories and make it here. And you can share with us your strange news story by DMing us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. So listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bananas. <laughs>